Good morning, church. Y'all seen my mad skills up there dancing? <clears throat> I tell you, the reason we play that again is it's the importance of not just doing VBS, but reaching our community. We don't reach our community by just coming to church every week. We reach our community by doing the work of God, by getting out, by taking our next steps. You know, I've been praying for boldness. I've been praying for God to do amazing things. And uh, I got here this morning and my mind was just blocked. I don't know why. Just every time I was trying to think about what I need to preach, it just kept going away. You know what God told me a while ago? To take the notes you got, boy, and throw them away. God's been laying on my heart something strong this morning. See, if we're going to be the people God's called us to be, we've got to quit being afraid of standing out. We've got to quit being afraid of being look, looking different. We've got to pe- quit being afraid of what everybody else is going to think about us, what people in the community are going to say about us. We've got to just say, you know what? I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to stand on Jesus Christ. And if you don't like it, just deal with it because I want to improve in God's sight. Amen? That's what God's called us to do, who God's called us to be. We're walking through this series called Faith and Fear, and it's scary, it scares a lot of us to death to step out of the normal. It scares a lot of us to death to, to step out and be different than everybody else. It scares us to death to be different than our family, to be different than our friends, to be different than what people expect us to look like and be like. But to be a Christian is for us to boldly step out and say, you know what? If God be for us, who be against us? Amen. And I believe with all my heart, God's calling us as Connection Church to be an authentic people of God. Not a bunch of posers, not a bunch of people that come to church every week claiming to be religious, but God is changing our hearts and lives. And if God changes you, he's going to use you as a vessel to change other people. But the reason nobody else gets changed is because we're not really changing. We're putting on this mask that we're changing. We may come to church, we may even raise our hands, but is he moving and changing in your heart? Because if God is changing your heart, there's going to be some hard decisions you got to make. Am I going to walk in my way or am I going to walk in your way, God? Am I going to be acceptable in everybody else's sight or am I going to be acceptable in your sight? What matters more to me? Is it you, God, or is it everybody else? See, we've been going through that whole series. We've been going through a series about David and about he comes up to these giants. He comes up to giants of, of just discouragement. I might not even read the text today. God's just got this on my heart. But he comes up and, and, and even his family is against him. There's a lot of us in this room. If you were to really live it out like God's called you to live it out, your family would be totally against you. What are you doing? Why are you acting so crazy? A lot of you, if you really lived it out the way you, God's called you to be, you would walk away from these loser friends you got. And you can tell them I called them that. If they're holding you back from being the, the king or the queen, not the king or the queen, the child of God he's called you to be, then who are you serving? God's called us to be authentic and real, right? There's a lot of us been walking this week. You've been walking this whole thing out, and you've been dry. You've been dead. You don't know what's going on because you know why? Because you're, you're, you're still kind of walking that line. You want to be friends with the world and be friends with God, and it don't work out that way. It's either all or nothing. 
And that's what I believe God wants his church to realize is that he wants you to be authentic and real, not this half-hearted person. We're supposed to be in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, right? He's supposed to be our all in all. If I'm walking, if I, if I knew, if I thought that my wife loved somebody else, had somebody else on the side, uh, what was going to happen? Huh? Come on, what's going to happen? Bye, Felicia. Huh? Bye. I'm gone. I'm gone. Because you're not true to me. Why do we think that we're going to experience God's presence when we're not true to God? And if we're not true to God, we're not going to feel his presence. We're going to walk in this dryness. We're going to walk in this deadness. Because you know why? Because we want our cake and have to eat it too. And God's saying he don't want that. He wants you to be authentic, to be real, to walk away from those things, to draw the line in the sand and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if we're going to make a difference, if God's going to change you and your family, then you've got to make that decision. You know, I've woke up a lot of mornings the first thing on my mind is people that have left the church, people that, that I baptized, and they left the church and they hadn't came back. Put them notes over there if I won't mess with them. And it's like, God, what's going on? What did I do wrong? And God just kind of spoke to me this week. He's like, they didn't want it as bad as they thought they did. See, God could change you just like this. He can program you just like this, and you'd never want to do anything else again. But the reason he don't program you is because he wants you to love him. In a love relationship, when, somebody, when you're forced to love, that ain't true love. He wants you to love him enough to walk away from the things that don't please him. He wants you to love him enough to, to say, God, I want to center my life around you. If that means making some hard decisions, then I want to do it. If that means being in a marriage that makes me miserable for the moment, then God, for the glory of your name, I want to stand in it. If that means staying at work where I'm persecuted for the glory of your name, I want to be there and be that light. If that means walking in a season to where you don't feel like, you just don't feel like God's, God, I don't feel like I need to be here right now, but I'm here for a reason, so until you show me where to go, I'm going to give you glory right here. God wants to use you to give himself glory, but if we're not being authentic, we're worried about our own glory, our own perception, and we're useless in God's eyes. We're powerless. And unless God is changing us, we're fake. And as I ride through churches, ride through communities this past week, I had to go to Midway this week, and I'm riding through communities, and I, and I see all these churches, and it's like, God, why aren't these communities changing? It looks like these communities are degrading instead of growing. I don't see much hope. I go to a, to a place, and I, talk, I even say the name of Jesus, and they look at me like I'm a foreigner. It's like, we're supposed to be in the Bible Belt. Everybody knows Jesus. Why come people aren't excited? Because we're worried about our own perception instead of his. And you will never understand the peace, the security, and the joy of the Lord until you're, you don't care about anybody thinks but God. And I feel like this morning with the boldness that God gives me, he's calling you. See, it's different when, they're, when somebody's preaching at you and somebody's preaching to you. And I'm preaching to you today. He's calling you out to be authentic. He's calling you out today to not just say, I went to church today. 
He's calling you out to say, do I love Jesus like I say I do? See, when I think about all that he's done for me, I began to sing that song in this past week. Uh, we were singing that, that song. What's the name of that song, Andrew? My, Come Thou Fount. Here I raise my Ebenezer. I've sung that song a thousand times. Never knew what Ebenezer meant. I was just singing. I was thinking about Scrooge, who I was thinking about. But Ebenezer is a statue. Ebenezer is a, is a, is a monument placed up in remembrance. And you know, the moment I got saved, God placed a monument up for me to always look back at and see the victory in Jesus. That monument was placed in 2008, and I look back at that thing every week. Thinking, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life. Thank you, Jesus. A remembrance of the battle that he won in my life. Has he ever, have you ever won a battle? Has there ever been a battle you've been fighting? A lot of us, we've been so mundane, we've been so used to the name of Jesus to where there's not a definite time that we can realize when, when we stepped, when we can made the line and stepped over. Has Jesus made a difference in your life or have you just been accommodating Jesus to your regular life? He don't want to be an accessory to your life. He wants to be the meaning, the, the, the beginning, the ending, every part of your life. He wants you to be authentic and real. Not this religious person that goes to church. And I know stuff like this ain't popular to preach. And if you don't come back next week, I'll be here. And I'll preach to Sabrina because she ain't going nowhere. But God's called us to be real. And my heart is for you to be real. See, in Ephesians chapter 4, talks about a new life. And this week I was at a prison and I was, I was at this prison. And, and Andrew, you're going to hear it's a lot of the same stuff. But I was at, me and Andrew was at this prison and I began to think about how hindsight was 2020. How all these guys, they, 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 I believe they wish they hadn't made the mistakes they had made that got them where they are. I wish they hadn't made the, 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 the mistakes that, that made their reputation as, as horrible as their reputation is. You know, I look back at my life, I look back at the decisions I've made, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's like, you know what, God, I am sorry for the mess I've made. I'm sorry for the times that I have claimed to be yours and I never was. I'm, I'm sorry, God, for the... For the really the mistakes I've made for the times that I have, I've been claiming to be yours, but I didn't have any idea or any, any really want to, to walk in it. I was just trying to appease everybody else. I wanted everybody else to think I was great instead of you thinking I was great. And God wants you to be in a relationship with him, not in relationship with everybody else. And when you're worried about what everybody else thinks, it's more about them than it is Jesus. And what Paul is, when I think about what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, he talks about a new life. See, Paul knew what it meant. He knew what it was like to not please God. He was living his whole life under a religious precept that he thought he was right in God's eyes, but he was just religious, going through the motions. How many of us go through the motions every single week? but there's no real difference in change. There was no passion. There was no desire. He was after things the way he had always been taught, the way he, but he never really encountered Jesus. Let me tell you something. Until you truly encounter Jesus, you will keep going through the motions. 
Until you encounter Jesus, you will be okay with, with, with average Christianity. Until you truly have an encounter with Jesus, you will be okay with the way things are right now. But until you truly meet Jesus, when you truly meet him, when, when you're on that road to Damascus and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the scales fall off when you truly see him for who he is. You know what it does? That changes everything. The people that he hated the most, the ones he began to love. The very people he was after to get, he was after to get, I'm South Georgia, sorry. Uh, the very people he was after, the very people he was out to get, those very people, now he was trying to reach out to those people. He was trying to reconcile those things. See, a changed heart means a changed life. But if you're still walking in that same heart that you've always had, chances are there's no changed life. And there's that fear of being different. There's that fear of, you know what, if, if I step out and do this, then that means that, that I'm going to look weird. It's okay. It's okay. Join the club. There's plenty of us weirdos out here. Dare to join. But what happens is, is when you step out, there begins to become a separation. People say, you know what, they're serious. There's something to this man named Jesus. There's something to this thing. It ain't about just going to that church service. It's about truly living a life dedicated to God. When you step out of that fear of worrying about what everybody else thinks, you start stepping into a glorious relationship with Jesus, and he begins to change you. See, our churches are dead and dry because we're worried about what everybody else is going to think instead of worried about what Jesus is thinking. We stay walking in the same old sin we've always been in because we're worried about what other people are going to think. We're walking in the same sin we've always been in because we're scared what life's going to look like when we walk out of that. How, what's my lifestyle going to be like if I walk away from these things? Because you got all your hope in these things instead of in Jesus. See, I realize what following Jesus really is is when you radically turn away from everything that wants to find you, who you are, and turn to him. Have you done that? Have you truly done that? My God is looking for authentic people that truly love him to push the fear aside and say, you know what, God, I want you more than anything I'm scared of. And Paul, knowing that he was going to walk away from his livelihood, everything that he once was, he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he had that experience. He had that Ebenezer in his life. He had that, that monument in his life from that point on. He always went back to the moment he met Jesus on that road when he was going the wrong direction and God allowed the scales to fall off his eyes. And I hope this morning some of you, your scales are beginning to fall off because a lot of us are just, are just okay with religion and okay with coming and going, but there's no change in our life. And as, he, as, as Paul writes, he says, verse 17, he says, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do 
in the fertility of their thinking. They are darkened in the understanding and are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. See, God's, what, he, what, he, what Paul is saying there, he's like, we should not live like everyone else, right? Isn't that what he's saying? I didn't just read that wrong. That's what he's saying. We shouldn't, when, we, when we claim to follow Jesus, we shouldn't live like everyone else. Not, not, not outside, not what people see, but also inside. See, we, we try to put, put that line, you know what? Everybody thinks I'm living right, but I'm a mess inside. I'm harboring hate inside. I'm, I'm struggling with pornography inside. Nobody knows that, but I've got it in here. And you know what? As long as nobody knows what's in here, I'm okay. God knows what's in here. And it ain't about what men think. It's about what God thinks because he's the one that's going to judge you, not nobody else. I seen a guy this weekend. I didn't know how to tattoo, and he had a tattoo right there, and it says, only God can judge me. And I got tickled when I read it because I, like, I was like, that is so fitting because everybody's attitude. Don't tell me I'm wrong. God can judge me. God's going to judge you if you're not living for him, if you're not authentically living for him. He's going to judge you as a hypocrite. He's going to judge you as a liar. He's going to judge you as a fake. And he's not interested in your excuses because he sent his son to pay the price for your salvation. He sent Jesus so we wouldn't have an excuse. As long as we follow him. As long as we trust in him. We say, you know what, Jesus, you're more worthy than everything else. You're more worthy than everything else. And I don't care if I have to lose my job. I don't have to care if I have to lose my house. I don't care what I have to lose. If I lose everything, you're still worth it. That's what he's looking for, people. A lot of you want to have Jesus on the side and, 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 and you want to justify your sin, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. It's not about justifying my sin. It's about dealing with my sin because I'm justified by the Savior before God. See, Paul writes this in Ephesians. He goes through and he says, don't live like they live because they're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. How do we, why do we think that we can live like everybody else? We cannot be on fire for Christ and expect to inherit the kingdom of God when we're not walking in that same thread. God's saying, if you're going to be authentically following me, then you won't be walking in the same direction that the people of the dark do. Man, I know when we're, I remember, I remember going coon hunting one night and my light was dim. And people thought I knew where I was going, and they was following me, and we was lost. Bad lost. And my little brother thought I knew where I was going, and I didn't have a flashlight. And he had light the whole time. See, a lot of you have the light, but you're following people that are going in the darkness because you think they know where they're going. And they're going to destruction. They're going to lead you further away. But when Brandon finally pulled out the flashlight and said, hey, I got a light, I was like, man, where you been? See, and what's the problem is we think we're following everybody else, but they're just trying to make it. And they're waiting on you to turn on the light to say, you know what? You're going in the wrong direction. Come follow me. Come follow me. 
We wandered around those woods for two hours going in the wrong direction. Brandon turned the light on, moved that truck in 15 minutes. A lot of you have been struggling with sin because you've been going in the wrong direction, following the wrong things and the wrong people for too long. And it's time for you to allow God to turn the light on your situation. And you say, you know what? I'm going to get to where you've called me to go, and you're going to get there a lot faster. But until you are done with playing this religious game, you're going to keep walking in circles. And as long as you're okay with dealing, uh, uh, putting up with this sin in your life, putting up with this stuff in your life, you're going to still be walking in this defeated state of mind every day. Praying, oh, why ain't God changing me? Why? Because you're not wanting to change. He's not going to make you. He wants to mold you. See, if there's, a pot, if, there's a, if there's pottery and it's hard, you can't mold that into a pot. That, pot, that pottery has to be wet and moldable and, 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 and okay. To, but if he tr you try to mold that pottery after it's done hardened, it's going to break. So he says in Ephesians, he says, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. That's verse 18. Having lost all sensitivity. So they have given themselves over. And he makes this list. See, when we... Don't allow God to change us. When we tell God no, we tell the Holy Spirit later. When we say no, not right now, we begin to harden our hearts to the Holy Spirit. And the more you say no, the harder your heart gets. And eventually, you're going to get to a place where your heart is so hard that you can't even hear. And you start going in the direction that you feel right. Let me tell you, you can feel like you're going in the right direction and be going in the wrong direction. Come on. I felt like I got me and I had a pastor friend of mine. He said, I know where I'm going. I just, I, I know where I'm going. I've been going this direction my whole life. And he's got a GPS right there. And the whole time that thing's going, recalculating, recalculating. I was like, man, what you doing? I said, either turn the thing off and follow it or turn or, or get, get rid of it. Do this, because this thing's killing me. And he's like, I, I feel like this is the right direction. He turned left and we should have turned right. Something that should have took us 45 minutes to get there, three hours, no joke, three hours. Because he felt like he was going the right way. How many of you feel like you're going the right way, but you don't know you're going the right way? Our feelings can deceive us because we're basing our feelings on our, what? Basing our feelings on our emotions, how we feel. We're basing our feelings on our circumstances. We're basing our feelings on whether we're accepted in other people or not, not in the Word of God. So it can feel right but be wrong. Amen? Come on, Jones on the front row, sister. We can feel. See, our feelings will lead you astray. God didn't say, follow me if it feels right. He said, give me your heart. Allow me to lead you. Authentic people of God allow God to lead them and your heart begins to change. You're operating out of a changed heart, not out of how you feel. Because sometimes it just ain't going to feel like the right thing to do. When I've got somebody that's been cussing me out, when I've got somebody that's been calling me a liar, it don't feel like the right thing to do to forgive them. Can I get a witness? But you know what? God tells my heart, you've got to. All I can do is say, all right, Lord, I submit. 
I submit. If you're working on your feelings, if you're working out of your emotions, then you know what you're going to do? You're going to harden your heart. You're going to say, I have the right to be this way. I have the right to feel this way. And eventually your heart's going to be hard and you can't hear God speaking in any other way. He don't want you right in one area. He wants you right in all areas. He don't want just one part of your heart. He wants your whole heart. And people that are authentically, truly walking with God are people that want God to have their whole heart. Amen? God, don't just change this part of me. God, give me this. God, change this. God, I, to me, when I started seeing God deliver me from sin, it was like a, it, was an, it was an addiction. He delivered me from one addiction and gave me another one. I, I was addicted to alcohol. He took me away from that. And next thing you know, I was like, Lord, give, do this. God, take this away. God, change this. And then one day I got to somebody that was being real hateful and lying on me, and I was like, Whoop. you know, let's don't try this one. That didn't feel like the right thing to do. But as God kept pressing it, as he kept putting his hand on, that, on my heart, I began to get weaker and weaker. And I said, like, you know what, God, if that's what you want, then Lord, do it. Because I've seen what you've done in my life through all this other junk that didn't feel right. And God, because you, you've made me whole in those areas, then God, I know you're going to heal this in my heart right now and make me closer to you. And as I've seen him do that, I've seen him do some work in me and in other people that would not, would not have been done any other way but he wants you to be real. He wants you to be authentic. He wants you to really be experiencing that new life, not just claim you have one. See, and Paul had that new life. He was, tra- he was truly transformed and changed. He, he, he walked away from the things that didn't please God. And he's saying, if you don't make that line, he's saying, if you, if you continue to put up with sin, if you continue to put up with the things, you don't say, I'm going to, I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk away from these things. I'm not going to harbor these feelings. I'm not going to stay in this habit. I'm not going to continue to to put up with this addiction. I'm going to give this to God. If you don't do that, eventually, one by one, these other things are going to start creeping back in. And before you know it, nobody's going to be able to tell that you even know God. And I can tell you from experience the world started beating me down. People started beating me down. And I was like, you know what? I put, I've started, instead of putting my identity on Christ, I was putting my identity in work. And I got saved in 2008, and I was growing, 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 growing. And it got to 2010 and 11, and I started putting my, more hope in the world and more hope in the things of this world, more hope in money, more hope in what people thought about me than I did in what Jesus thought about me. And next thing you know, I found myself one day cussing people out. I found myself lying, trying to cover up that I cussed somebody out. And in that moment, I was like, Lord, what in the world has just happened? Because that came so easy. You know why? Because I had put up with sin too long and it had overtaken my life. God's not going to compete with it. He wants you to love him. Either we can put up with it or we can walk away from it. And the decision is ours. And if we're truly authentically following him, when we identify, all right, God, this stuff in my life has been overtaking me, we got one or two decisions to make. One, we can continue like we are and say, poor, poor, pitiful me, I follow this. Or number two, we can say, God, deliver me from this and bring me back to where I was at. I cried out to God. I cried all the way. If y'all were surprised by that, I cried all the way back from, to Savannah, all the way home. And I was like, Lord, it ain't happening again. And I went back to work the next day with a different purpose. 
I went back to work the next day apologizing to people, saying, you know what? I was truly following Christ, but I got off. And you know what? Forgive me because the, my actions hadn't betrayed that. Some of y'all need to go to work tomorrow and tell some people that. Some of y'all need to pick up the phone with some family members when you leave here and say, you know what? I've been, you've been seeing me live a lie because I've been claiming to know Christ, but I ain't been doing it. I've been allowing the things of this world to cover it up. Before revival's going to happen, we, we've got to live this thing authentically. Amen? People outside these doors got to know that we truly are who we say we are. And if we keep just saying we're one thing and living another, nothing's going to change. We're going to keep doing this thing and nothing's going nothing's to happen. But when we truly are authentically following Jesus Christ, he's going to blow this place up. But the only way that happens is if we step out of the fear of every thinking what everybody else is going to think of us and walk in the joy of only pleasing God. You know, there's a lot of anxiety and worrying about what everybody thinks. Anybody struggle with that? Worrying about what this one's going to think. Worrying about what the boss is going to think, the wife's going to think, the, the in-laws are going to think. Who the in-laws? What they going to think? I love y'all. Anyway, what, what, what this person's going to think, what that person's going to think. You know, worrying about what everybody's going to think about you. So next thing you know, you're trying to modify how you act around these people to make sure that they're okay with you. And, the mod- and next thing, you, if, if you're not careful, you've lost who you are because you're trying to modify yourself to please everybody else. And there's a lot of, man, that'll wear you out. And a lot of you looking at me like I'm crazy, but you know you do this. And you get upset when when some people call you out because you've acted a certain way and you know that you've let them down. There's a lot of joy and only worrying about pleasing one person. That's Jesus. You don't care what nobody else thinks because you are pleasing him. You are approved in his sight. But you need to make sure that you are approved in the true Jesus, not your version of Jesus. Because we can make our own version to appease our own conscience. See, God wants us to be authentic. God wants you to be authentic. God wants us to be true. And that's what Paul was writing to Ephesians. Verse 20, he says, that however is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him according with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Ooh, somebody need to get a hold of that today. Ooh. And to put on the new self created to be like God in the true righteousness and holiness. To be made new in our attitude. Your attitude reflects your heart. Don't nothing get me worse than anything. I, be, I go in the grocery store and somebody at church be like, hey, brother, how you doing? I love you. You go in the grocery store like this. They want nobody to know they even know you. A hello don't cost nothing, does it? Huh? A smile don't cost a penny, does it? Why are we out like that? Why? We're supposed to be people that are full of joy, happiness, that are they're not two-faced, that are, they're, that are real. And if I'm real enough to love you up here in church, I'm real enough to love you at the recreation department. I'm, 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 I'm going to love you at Bilo. I'm going to love you at Walmart, wherever I am. I'm going to love you. And when you walk like that, and when you won't talk to people because of the place you are, the people you're around, it shows a fakeness in your heart. That's not authentic Christianity. And maybe you're not like that. 
But I know you got somebody in your mind just come through this that does you that way. Huh? You know what you need to do? Pray for that person. Pray for that person. Because they don't know they fake. They think they're real. You need to pray for that person. God wants us to be authentically, not just in how we walk, but how we love too. And to love people, we need to love people that don't love us. That's what Jesus did. He was authentic. He loved those. We were talking about connect group, how he was washing Judas' feet, knowing that Judas was going to betray him, lie on him. That's love right there. That's, that's authenticity right there. That's trueness. That's what he's called you to. Not this form of religion that you've been walking in your entire life. We've grown up in the South. We've grown up in Jenkins County. All of us have been to church maybe multiple times. We've all been to Sunday school. We've all done all these things. But has it changed your life? Is there a time to where you say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You truly are authentically following Jesus because if you're not, you're lying to yourself and everybody else around you. And what's wrong with that is if we're, we keep lying to ourselves, eventually people around us start lying to themselves. Not only are you pulling yourself down, but you're pulling the whole family down with you. Your friends that are looking at you as being a godly man or woman, they see you compromising in sin, and they're like, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it. If he's claiming to be a Christian and he can sleep around, then I can sleep around because, you know, that's what I did. Come on, that's what I did. I looked at the people in the church and I seen, I seen the, the fakeness and I thought that's what it really meant to follow Jesus. So, so you know what? If I'm, at the, if I'm at the bar, it must be okay because, you know, you're doing it. And you, you putting this, this picture like you got it all together. Don't be posting junk on Facebook saying how godly you are and then you walking out there in sin every single day and, and, and expecting people to think that you godly. You a joke to them and everybody else because you fake and people don't like fakeness. They want genuine, true, authentic people. And that's what Jesus demands. And I know this is tough because y'all ain't saying nothing, but I'm just going to be real with you. This is what God's word says. And until revival is going to bust loose, we've got to be real. It continues on about how we wasn't taught that way. That we should be renewing our minds in the tr trueness and righteousness and holiness. See, there's something wrong in the church today. We don't talk about holiness enough. We're trying to we'll put a gray area. There's things that are holy. God wants us, God is holy. The name of Jesus, name of God is holy. You can't be sitting there using the name of God in vain and sitting there and, think, and saying that you know a holy God. There's a difference between the clean and the unclean. There's a difference in right and wrong. There's a difference there. And we've got people got to realize that and walk in that. Amen? We want to cheapen the grace of God by saying that I can live any way I want to live and still go to heaven because I've been baptized. And that's what God said. Grace, was, grace is cheap, but it wasn't free. We didn't have to pay a dime for it. God gave it to us, but for that we would walk in a, in a manner pleasing to God. Real. Real. Think about this past week. Think about the events that's happened. No doubt, sometimes we have a moment of weakness. 
That don't mean we're going to wake up in the morning with our halo on every day. But it's a consistent thing. Over the last six months, what's your walk been looking like consistently? Have you been real? Have you been fake? Have you been truly worshiping the true Jesus or your own personal version of God? Because until revival is going to break out in your heart, in this community, in this church, in your connect group, it's got to be real in your heart. And I often pray, God, give me, God, give me your heart. God, give me your eyes. Let me see things the way you see things. And I think some moments when I'm praying, he gives me just, just a touch of it because I cry uncontrollably. I don't know how or why, and I can't stop, and there ain't nothing on my mind, and then all of a sudden it stops just like that. I think my God is brokenhearted by the way us as believers claim to be followers of Jesus, but yet we're not walking in it. And we use all these excuses of why we're not doing it. We use all these excuses of, of why we are putting up with the sin we're in, while we're putting up with the lesser of Christianity. We give all the excuses, and I believe with all my heart that God's broken hearted because he, he sent Jesus so that we could have salvation, not sit there and be fooled by, the, by Satan of thinking that you're okay if you live wrong and you can die right. A lot of people are going to bust hell wide open because they're not authentically, truly walking with God. And yes, that means you if you're in here today. Verse 25 says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of the body. If you're angry, if you're angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not grieve. Do not give the devil a foothold. Sorry. And anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Do something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. There's a lost and dying world out there, guys. And there are people that die every day that died desiring to know if this is real. We're the hope of the world. God put us, he puts you in the place you're at around the people that you are to give them hope, not to give them a false idea of what following Christ looks like. And the only way you're gonna accomplish that mission is if you are truly, authentically following Jesus Christ, not just a Sunday morning attender. Not just somebody that wants to post stuff and make people think that you're so great. And I know this has been some heavy stuff. But on this past week, how about even this morning? Is God broken hearted of the lies you live in? Are you truly authentically following Christ? Or are you just playing this religious game? 
my God is merciful. My God is good. My God is patient. But I honestly feel like my God is tired of us playing games. I honestly feel like the end is near. I honestly feel like that in any moment, Jesus could bust through the clouds and take us and rapture us and take us with him. I'm glad my God would not do this, but one of the scariest things that I thought about was when I made it to heaven, if God would say, Jeremy, here's all the opportunities you had to share your faith with people. And here's where they are because of your witness. And when he peeled back that veil, I see thousands of people in hell because I was not genuine the whole time. If you're not genuine, you're not gonna make it to heaven anyway. A lot of us wanna just skirt by just enough and then right at the end, we wanna jump over and get right. You're not here for you. You're here for him. You're not here to get play games. You're here for a purpose. And God's calling you to live this out. So Christian, I'm asking you, how you been living it? No doubt we all fall short. But one of my biggest pet peeves is we use Romans 3.23, but we all fall short of the glory of God to mask over and make our conscience feel good that we all gonna fall short. He didn't write that verse to give you a get out of jail free card. He wrote that verse to make you realize that we're all gonna fall short. But when you do fall short, you don't just stay laying down, you get back up. And you say, God, I did fail you, and I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn from this. I'm not going back that direction. I might have fell into sexual immorality, but you know what? I'm turning from that, and I'm not going back that way. I might have failed into unforgiveness, but you know what, God? I'm repenting from that, and I'm not going back that way. I might have failed into something else. I might have, you might have failed into pornography, but you know what? You got to turn from that and not go back that direction. So today, God's calling a lot of us out on our fakeness. And until you get real, nobody else will. And as much as I wish, that I could just run out and everybody in Jingles County ever get saved. It don't happen. And you know how everybody in Jingles County gets saved? It's for you taking it serious and you taking it serious and you taking it serious and you being real and you being authentic and you following God and people around you seeing that and you're a lighthouse. And as they see you getting real and see you standing out, seeing you being, you know what, I'm all right being weird if you think I'm weird because I'm standing in the, in the name of Jesus and I'm going to glory and I want you to come with me and you love them even though they persecute you. You love them even though they don't understand you. You are being that lighthouse. That's how we reach a community. That's how we change things. But it doesn't change by us remaining the same. How naive is that of us to think that we can come to church and God's going to change the world if we're not changing ourselves? And some of you in this room have settled for South Georgia Christianity too long. 
You've been hanging on to the fact that you were baptized when you were a kid, but God's not changed your life. You don't have any desire to read God's word. You don't only pray whenever there's some bad stuff going on. He doesn't have your heart. He's not a priority in your life. And he's not interested in your games. He sent Jesus for you to live it real and authentic relationship with him, abandoning everything else to follow him. And until you do that, you're only fooling yourself. So it's up to you today. I laid my heart out there today. I throw my notes away today. That's scary. And I took a step of faith that what God broke my heart for sitting right here on this pew, on this seat right here, that it was not for in vain, it's not in vain, that God got that message, laid it on my heart for you specifically. So as the worship team comes up, I'm going to start praying. But if God's moving your heart, and you know what, there's some inconsistencies you need to change. You need to come here and pray and ask God to change you. If there's hurt in your heart that you've been holding on to, you need to ask God to remove that. Before we give the opportunity, I wanna, I'm just going to ask you boldly. If that's you right now and you've been walking in, in a fake Christianity and a fake walk with God and you've been fooling yourself and you realize right now that, that, that you've been wrong all these years and you really, really need to surrender your life to him, if that's you today, I want you to boldly say, that's me. I want to follow Christ. I want to quit playing this game. Is that you? Is that you? And there's a lot of you looking at me and I know you want to surrender, but you're too prideful to do it. That's fine. We can work on that later. I'll be right here in this corner. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus, you come talk to me. I'm not interested in excuses. I want you to give your life to Christ. I want you to surrender your heart to him. What's holding you back from being the one to change your family? change your workplace? What's holding you back? What falsehoods have you been holding on to? What misconceptions have you been living in? What needs to change today? Let's pray. Father, as we come, God, I pray that you would help us realize the areas in which we've not been true. Your word says, those who walk in the light or not don't walk in the darkness God there's so many of us that have been fooling ourselves and thinking that we're right with you in reality we're not so God I pray that you would pierce the heart of the most prideful person in this room and God surrender them today allow them to surrender to you today God, even me. Even I'm a pastor. I still get caught up in worrying about what people think. So God, I just pray that you would take that burden off my shoulders today. And from this moment on, I'm not worried about what anybody thinks, just what you think. God, help us be victorious. Help us walk this out. There's a lot of things in people's lives. There's sin in people's lives right now that 
and they're looking at it, it's like David looking at Goliath. It looks like it's such a big task. But Lord, when they're looking at it with your eyes instead of their own eyes, then they see that you've already won the victory. You've already promised defeat. They have to just surrender to your lordship and leading of their life. So God, move in a mighty way today. Help us be authentic. Help us be real. Help us, God, have the faith that we should have in the midst of the fear that everybody puts on us. God, we ask you to lead us. God, break our hearts and change us, Lord, in Jesus' name.